Hallelujah. Glory to God. Good morning. God bless you. I believe that it is well with you, well with your family, and well with all that you do. Today is going to be a wonderful day in the name of Jesus. A pastor shared the story of a Malaysian Buddhist who gave his life to Jesus miraculously. His pastor gave him a Bible after the church service. The Sunday he gave his life to Christ. And the Buddhist convert returned to his pastor six days later to visit him. Excited to see him, the pastor asked him how far he had gone with his Bible. And the convert told him he actually came to see the pastor to get the next book because he had completely finished reading the Bible. The pastor queried him over and over and he was shocked. He was mesmerized. I mean, the pastor was overwhelmed with the depth of knowledge of the word of God the man had registered into his system in six days. In six days. The convert, his eyes were swollen. He had not slept in six days. He was busy with the word of God, consuming the word of God, reading the word of God. And the convert excused the pastor, called him aside and quietly whispered, Pastor, please give me the next book. Please. This one is so powerful and mysterious. I want to go deeper. Give me the next book. His discipline and sacrifice as a Buddhist was so much so that he had to give a lot of attention to reading and it worked in his advantage when he gave his life to Jesus. Friends, sacrifice is a common denominator, is a common demand, is a common demand across board. Whether you are a Buddhist, whether you are a Muslim, whether you are a Christian, whatever, whatever, whoever, however you are, sacrifice is a common demand. And every child of God must be conscious of the fact that your decision to follow Jesus comes at a cost. Every call to serve the Lord will surely place a demand, a demand of sacrifice on you. You must understand the demand before you step into it. Many have been frustrated out of ministry not because they are not gifted, but because they did not understand the demand of sacrifice that goes with their calling. The reason for discouragement and discontentment in ministry sometimes may not be disconnected from the fact that we lack the practical understanding of the demand of sacrifice associated with that assignment, with that business, with that relationship. Just name it. The reason why many prophets of God have, has, have become soothsayers is because many want the fame, the name, the glory, and glamour that they assume goes with the office of a prophet or prophetess. But they fail to realize 
that the call to prophetic ministry is a call unto sacrifice. 1 Kings chapter 22 verse 7 to 8 demonstrates the perception of a true prophet of God. 400 prophets had prophesied to the comfort, to the excitement, to the pleasure of the king. Go to war. Ahab, go to war. Everything will be well with you. You are going to be this. You are going to be that. Go to war. But Josephat was still very restless. He knew something was amiss. And look at 2 Kings of 1 Kings chapter 22 verse 7. In verse 7, But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not still a prophet of the Lord here of whom we can inquire? And the king of Israel answered, There is still one man who can ask the Lord, but I hate him. The king of Israel, I hate him because he never prophesies anything good for me, but only bad. He is Micaiah, son of Imla. The king should not say that, Joseph had replied. I hate him. His prophecies are never positive. They are not exciting. He's a troublesome man. He never tells me what I want to hear. Meanwhile, there were 400 other prophets that were at the beck and call. Their prophetic ministry was teleguided by the king. Friends, it is part of the sacrifice of a true prophet to sit alone with God. To sit alone. To sit alone with God. To speak the fruit and above all, to respond to the demand of God. To respond to the demand of God. Let's look at God's demand on men he called to walk with him. The sacrifice of a prophet. I will read very quickly. The book of Ezekiel chapter 4 from verse 1 to end. And now son of man, take a large clay brick and set it down in front of you. Then draw a map of the city of Jerusalem on it. Show the city under siege. Build a wall around it so no one can escape. Set up the enemy camp and surround the city with siege rams and battering rams. Then take an iron girdle and place it between you and the city. Turn toward the city and demonstrate how harsh the siege will be against Jerusalem. This will be a warning to the people of Israel. Verse 4. Now, now see, see what the Lord was saying to his prophet. Now, Ezekiel, lie on your left side and place the sins of Israel on yourself. <laughs> the sacrifice of a prophet. Lie on your left side and place the sins of Israel, the sins of immorality, the sins of pride, the sins of adultery, the sins of fornication, the sins of rage, of murder. Place the sin of Israel on yourself. You are to bear their sins for the number of days you lie there on your side. I am requiring you to bear Israel's sin for 390 days. One day for each year of their sin. My goodness. 
That's one of the demands of the call to the prophetic. To carry, to bear, to bear the burden. Remember when Jesus bore the burden of sin of the old world. Just in a moment, the father looked away. Now here comes the prophet of God, asked to bear, to carry, to put upon himself the sin, the sin of a nation for 390 days. My goodness, can you carry this burden? It's beyond just being called prophet, zero one prophet, major prophet, minor prophet, prophet doctor, all manner of wonderful names that we have we have funkified and we have we have designed the ministry to have become. It's much more than that, my friend. It's much more than looking at people and seeing the numbers of their houses and calling their names from the altar. I see a this there. I see a that there. It's much more than that, my friend. As a true prophet of God, can you carry the burden of the sin of your nation, the sin of your family for that prolonged time? The challenge with my generation is that even though some of those who call themselves prophets are much more sinful than the nation itself, they are worse sinners than the nation itself. Verse 6, we are looking at the sacrifice of a prophet, the demand, Ezekiel chapter 4 verse 6, after death, Turn over and lie on your right side for 40 days. One day for each year of Judah's sin. My goodness. Just for being a prophet of God? Lie on one side of your body. One side for 390 days. Lord help me. Meanwhile, keep staring at the siege of Jerusalem. Lie there with your arm bared and prophesy a destruction. I will tie you up with ropes. So you won't be able to turn from your side to side until the days of your siege have been completed. This is the deal of God between himself and his prophet. I will tie you up. I will tie you up. Are you ready? You want to be ministry? You want to be a pastor? You want to be called the first lady? You want to be called mama? You want to be called pastor? You want to be called a prophet of God? You want to be called an apostle? You want to be called a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? And here is the Lord saying, I will tie you up. So that you don't shift, you don't move. You stay on one side of your body for 390 days. Then, when those days are complete, you turn to the other side and stay for 40 days. You won't move from that position for this period of time. My goodness, dear Lord, help us to see the demand and the sacrifice that is required to fulfill the assignment you have committed into my hands. This should be your prayer, my dear friend. Open my eyes to see it. Open my mind to understand it. Help me walk in the reality of it so that I will not be carried away with the glamour and the glory and the beauty and the designs that men have anchored on the ministry that I'm supposed to pay the prize and carry a burden thereof. Verse 9, Ezekiel chapter 4. Now go and get some wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, and ima wheat, and mix them together in a storage jar. That looks good. 
Use them to make bread for yourself. During the 390 days, you'll be lying on your side. My God, verse 10, ration this out to yourself. Eight ounces of food for each day. My God, eight, eight ounces of food for each day and eat it at set times. Verse 11, then measure out a jar of water for each day and drink it at set times. Prepare and eat this food as you would, bear, as you would barley cakes while all the people are watching. Bake it over a fire using dried human dung as foil and then eat the bread. Oh Lord. Then the Lord said, This is how Israel will eat defiled bread in the Gentile lands to which I will banish them. Every action was prophetic. Not only his words, every action as a prophet of God, your actions, your sleeping, your standing, your sitting should be prophetic. When prophets appear in a city, the men will stand still, the elders will stand, men will run into their home because they know a word has come from the Lord. A word has come from the Lord. You want the glamour. We want the glory. We want the beauty. He's so fashionable to be called a prophet in my generation this day. Everybody wants to be a prophet. Everybody wants to be an apostle. Even without understanding the demand that goes with it. Verse 14. Then I said, O sovereign Lord, must I be defiled by using human dung? For I have never been defied before. From the time I was a child until now, I have never eaten any animal that died of sickness or was killed by other animals. I have never eaten any meat forbidden by the law. All right. All right, the Lord said. You may bake your bread with cow dung instead of human dung. Wow. Then he told me, son of man, I will make food very scarce in Jerusalem. It will be weighed out with great care and eaten fearfully. The water will be rationed out drop by drop and the people will drink it with dismay, lacking food and water. People will look at one another in terror and they will waste away under their punishment. That was God communicating his heart to Ezekiel and expecting Ezekiel by actions, by words, by, 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 the, by interactions with God to communicate this message to his people. It was a burden that came along with the assignment. God altered the life of Ezekiel and made him eat what he had never eaten all his, all his life. All his life because that was part of the sacrifice that came along with his calling there is a price tag there is a price attached to every calling and anointing that you desire there is a price there is a price oh you just want people to carry your bag and call you all manner of titles you want people to just call you oh Friend, mama, first lady, papa, bishop, prophet, apostle. You should be ready also. You should be ready to pay the price. A true prophet of God was preaching a couple of years ago under a very strong anointing in a very worldly, proud and carnal church suddenly it was taken over by the lord 
And he put his hand into his nose and pulled out some dirt and put them in his mouth and began to prophesy against the filthiness, the uncleanness, and the spirit of immorality that was ravaging the house. By the end of his prophetic message, the entire place was engulfed with the presence of God. And men began to cry out to God for mercy. God did not ask the prophet to ask the people to do strange things. The burden, the burden was on the prophet himself. You want to be a prophet? Ask prophet Jeremiah. Have you ever read his direct complaint about God? To God, directly to God? Read Jeremiah 20 verse 7. O Lord, it says, Thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I'm in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. If you read it from the New Living Translation, it says, You deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Same man who encountered God and his calling was affirmed and validated by God. His prophetic ministry was not birthed by following another prophet. He was ordained a prophet while he was in his mother's womb. Perhaps the reality of the prophetic ministry had not been exposed to him. The demand of the required sacrifice had not been known, had not been revealed to him. He never knew that just rising up to say, Thus share the Lord, would rather attract a slap to his face instead of the much expected commendation and wow, wow, wow. Little did he know that the one prophetic message will make people unfollow him like the multitudes unfollowed Jesus in John chapter 6 after preaching a very hard and terrific message. Oh, you want to be a worshiper? A true worshiper? You must be ready to pay the price that comes with it. You want to stand as God's voice? Ah, are you truly ready? Are you really ready yet? So why do you get offended when people do not commend your little giving? Your, you feel demotivated when no one calls to check on you for not being in church or in a meeting? You feel offended because you were not nominated for ordination into the pastoral ministry or because you had an idea that was not accepted? Ha! Huh. Who are you going to be a voice to? If you cannot surrender to the voice of sacrifice. My friend, unto whom much is given, much is expected. Can you meet up with the expectation of the spiritual gift and ministry that you so much desire? Can you meet up? with that expectation.
perhaps you are hearing me this morning and you are so excited and you are so happy and you say to yourself well all of these do not apply to me because I'm not a prophet, neither am I an apostle. I'm simply a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm only a follower. So let me tell you the sacrifice of a disciple. The sacrifice of a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 14, verse 25 to 27. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple is that a demand to hate your family and relatives no it's not it is the sacrifice of placing jesus at the highest place in your life the sacrifice of making jesus number one in your life the sacrifice of placing your flesh your father, your mother, your wife, children, and so forth in a place where they cannot compete with the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a demand. It's a demand to take his yoke and his burden because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's a demand to follow him as the Lord and master of your life. These were the recommendations of the Lord Jesus Christ directly to those who want to follow him. My dear friends, fathers and mothers, children of all ages, ladies and gentlemen, the call before us is the call to sacrifice. Are you ready? Are you ready? My father will always say this to me. God is ready. Heaven is ready. But are you ready? Ready to put everything else aside? Ready to stand and say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Here I am. I understand the demand. I understand that the call to missions, the call to worship, the call to teach the teenagers the call to serve in the worship team. The call to serve in the kitchen. The call to serve in the toilet, on the street. The call to go on missions. It's not a call to pleasure. It's not a call to please myself. It's not a call to magnify myself. It comes with a demand. The demand of sacrifice. Lord, help me. Lord, help me to know this demand, to understand them, and to submit myself to them so I can be the man that God 
will use. A woman that God will partner with for my generation. Amen. I commend you to God this morning and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. Amen and amen.